Welcome to episode 206 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Wednesday, 9th of January, 2019. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the Spokesmen. Hi there, I'm Carlton Reed, and yes, it's 2019. I checked. Happy New Year. For this first show of 2019, I've talked with truck driver Clive Matthews. He believes that there are no such things as blind spots on lorries. Just a failure on the behalf of drivers to see. Clive drives big trucks for a living, but, and this is the important bit, he also rides a bike. I talked to Clive because of a press release sent out by Transport for London, which was accompanied with a graphic that supposedly shows 21 cyclists that can't be seen by the cartoon truck driver. Now, I commend TfL's work on truck safety, and I'll write more about uh, their work and the press release uh, on a piece for Forbes.com. But that graphic seemed a little crazy to me. If a truck driver genuinely couldn't see 20 cy- 21 cyclists in front, then obviously heavy goods vehicles have no place on city streets. What Clive says is that HGV drivers aren't trained well enough to take the time to use their mirrors. Let's get across to the interview. Clive, I am looking on my iPhone at lots of photographs of you. And I can see you, even though you are supposed to be in a blind spot. So I can see you in in your cab's mirrors, despite everybody saying that I shouldn't be able to see you because these are your blind spots. Yes. So what's going on? Because we're we're told lorry drivers, HGD drivers, truck drivers can't see cyclists, but you clearly demonstrated to me that they can. You can see cyclists. There's one proviso, though, and that's that the driver has to actually look. So it's the eyes that's the problem, not the not the mirrors, not the cameras. It's the eyes. Exactly. Um, I'll 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 give you an example um, that you could perhaps relate to. So you're driving in a car along a road with um, a, a cycle lane on the left hand side. You stop at traffic lights. Um, whilst you're part, whilst you're waiting at the traffic lights a cyclist comes up and is very close to the near side of your car. When those traffic lights turn green, 99% of drivers just engage first gear and drive off. Very few drivers glance in their near side mirror before driving off. Had you done so, you would have seen the cyclist there. 
So the, the the mirrors on your vehicle. So you, you've got to what, what describe your truck to me anyway. I'm I'm not a truck person. So what have you got? What weight is it? What is, what what is it? What's your truck? It's it's a twenty four ton man rigid with three axles. It's fitted with the legal minimum of mirrors, which are basically two a mirror on each side an additional mirror on each side which covers a wider angle. On the near side, that would be the side where the pavement is normally, there is a mirror which points straight down towards the curb. We call it a curb mirror, which covers anything that's in that sort of front quarter of the near side of the truck. And there's a further mirror to the front of the truck which looks down at the area ahead of the truck below the level of the windscreen, which the driver can't see. And these are your, these are all legal minimums. So have you got anything on there that is in addition to what you should have? Yes, we, we have other additional um, devices to, to enhance that, but that is the legal minimum. And the photographs that you took were all using the legal minimum mirrors. So I have been in um, the when, when the police do the, the kind of like the, the cyclists versus HGV thing where they, they sit you in the truck and they walk around and they say, you can't see me, can you? And and, and of course, with, with the photographs I'm looking at here, well, you can. You absolutely can see people um, in, in the mirrors. And, and presumably they're using the same kind of trucks as as you. And... Are we saying the police are not telling the truth? What are we saying here? I I think we're saying that... that personally, I think this whole blind spot thing is a complete myth that's set about to excuse drivers who just simply haven't bothered to look. And I see it all the time. Yes, there is no direct vision. The driver cannot see those cyclists in those positions that they place them in, unless they actually make an effort to look. And that seems to me how the police are describing the blind spot. In other words, the cyclist hasn't been placed directly in the vision of the driver. So that the problem might be is you can see a cyclist or a pedestrian in every one of your mirrors that I'm looking at the photographs here now, but it probably takes two to three seconds to actually do that looking? I don't think it takes that long, Carlton. The, the, the main three mirrors are grouped on the near side so that um, literally one glance to the near side and back ahead, um, I, I would estimate takes half a second. And then before you move ahead, you've got the mirror ahead of you, um, which covers the 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 ASL if you like any cyclist in the ASL which you can't directly see um, a glance in that mirror takes another half second so a complete scan should take no more than a second hmm I mean you, you clearly demonstrated that to me so I'm a convert you, you you've shown me because you I you had my bike so I met you down on the quayside in on Newcastle's quayside and I gave you my bike and you actually, you actually rode it for a bit as well, um, which is very game of you, considering it probably wasn't the right size. And 
and and and <laughs> I then photographed you in all of these supposed blind spot angles, in which lo and behold, there's Clive. Oh, there's Clive on my bike, and and yes. and and it's like it's always like magic. You know, I can see you when I was sat in the in, in in the driver's seat. So that that was quite a shock to me. That's like, well, hang on, all this. Uh, I mean, in fact, I've got a press release, in, in, which is what this is this calls about from TFL, who very, very um, intelligently have led on let's get direct vision standards into EU law, which which I uh, applaud all of the, the work they're doing. But in the picture they sent out for the press release, uh, you might have seen it, it was on social media yesterday with uh, Sadiq Khan promoting it is there are about ooh, it was about a good 15 to 20 cyclists shown in this graphic. And, and the graphic says all these cyclists are in the blind spot. And it's like, well, actually, none of them are in the blind spot. It's just the drivers are choosing not to see. Yeah, I suppose the answer is how do we define a blind spot? Are we saying a blind spot is somewhere where it will be always impossible to see somebody? Or are we saying a blind spot is an area where you won't be seen unless the driver makes an effort to look? Um, For example, modern lorries have a terrible blind spot due to the amount of mirrors they have when entering roundabouts. As, As you enter a roundabout and look to your right, all you can see is mirror. So you literally have to move your head back and to the right just to check that the roundabout's clear. Um, if I drove onto that roundabout and and had an accident, or collision rather, and um, the police came along and I said, well, I didn't see anything. It was completely in my blind spot. Um, I'm sure that they wouldn't have the same um, benevolent attitude towards me as they would if I turned left and driven over a cyclist who was in my blind spot so let, let's let's talk about that then let's talk about you are a cyclist do you sometimes have a brompton you've got a folding bike in your cab so this is this is where you're coming at this from you, you're, you're not just a i haven't just picked a, a random hgv driver off the street you you are a cyclist as well yes um i i don't own a car um i commute everywhere by bicycle um, and one of those bicycles is a folding Brompton, which um, I put in the cab with me. And then when, whenever I travel away, um, I have transport at, at my destination. And tell us what you do. In, in the, it's mainly horse racing, isn't it? You kind of go yeah. out and film uh, um, uh, horse racing around the country. That's right. I'm a, um, a broadcast engineer and... Um, the trucks we operate are outside broadcast vehicles of, of various sizes, um, which travel to Britain's racecourses, um, supplying television pictures for Sky, ITV, um, and racing TV. Mm. And the the trucks you've got, uh, you were telling me off uh, on on direct message there, have now got cameras too. Yes. They they have um, they have up to six cameras on them, um, and the 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 my favourite device is a camera which is mounted on the near side mirror, looking backwards along the near side of the vehicle, and so if I'm waiting at traffic lights um, with my left hand indicator on, there's a screen in the cab, 
which shows a very, very clear picture of the entire near side of the truck. And it would be absolutely impossible to miss any cyclist on the near side of the truck. I mean, let, let's let's be clear here. They are visible in the mirror as well. It's just in addition, and particularly in, in poor light, an enhanced um, vision of, of that cyclist. Mm. And do you think it's that the fact that you are a cyclist makes you more aware of cyclists on the road? So you, this, is, this is the reason you're coming from. Yes, without a doubt. Um, but that, that could, you, you know, you don't have to be a cyclist. You could just be trained to use the mirrors. In, in the European Union, um, as long as we remain in the European Union or retain European Union laws, um, lorry drivers have to take um, a, a 35 hours of training every five-year period. Now, that training can be on multiple subjects. It can even be um, five modules on exactly the same subject. There's no regulation, really, about what those subjects are. And, and it seems to me that if one of those subjects were simply you know, on overcoming the blind spot, particularly around vulnerable road users, then, you know, we could alleviate this this whole problem to some extent. When you talk to your fellow drivers, do they also, oh, yeah, we've got loads of blind spots, or do they kind of say, no, nah, we haven't, we just, you know, we just choose not to see them? How do fellow drivers take your opinions? The vast majority of drivers that I talk to um, say, yeah, you can see quite clearly. We don't see what the problem is. Maybe it's a select few, but I do talk to, you know, I have a background in general haulage and um, I, I know and speak to various general haulage drivers as well and, and they have the same attitude. There are there are some companies out there, there's, there's one in particular in the northeast, that are very proactive in training their drivers and as a result they have a very, very good safety record and a good attitude with, with, you know, engaging with cyclists on the road. Saying all that, you can't really complain about the new EU regs and what the London's trying to do, which is get more direct vision. So getting basically putting more glass indoors. And, and in fact, I saw on, on, in one of the pictures that you have got some glass on one of your doors anyway. But basically, a lot of the, the new trucks are coming out with almost fully glass doors. Then you really can't say you, 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 you can't see cyclists. Yes, the, the, there's, there's a certain limit to that. I mean, we, we've just bought um, six new 17-ton trucks from Volvo. And every single one of them has a glass panel in the near side door to improve the vision there. Um, but at the end of the day, that is quite limited, and it's it's nowhere near as effective as as the mirrors. Um, the the new um, low cab trucks with all round vision, um, and I'm thinking in particular of the of the type of thing you see on corporation um, um, dust carts, uh, is far far superior in that you're at the same level as those vulnerable road users, and I think. There's some sort of psychological, um, maybe levelling is, is, is the right term. Um, you know, an HGV driver sat high up in his cab. Um, he feels very remote from, from all the other people around him. But, uh, you know, 
whenever I hear the blind spot thing mentioned, I always reply, it's not a blind spot, it's a fail to look spot. This this isn't an argument that you see an awful lot on on social media. So I, ever since I've, I've you've schooled me in this, I've tried to take it on when people say this, but it, it really isn't something that that people generally understand they just do assume it's got to be more cameras more mirrors more of this more everything more glass doors when in fact it's just getting drivers to actually just use the technology they already have in their heads just look um mm. you know just like the everyday driver in his car pulling away from the traffic lights you know he just engages first gear and drives off he doesn't check his near side mirrors before doing so very few people do. This is this is kind of costly. So you bought some new trucks. You've got all these cameras. Th- these things aren't cheap, are they? No. So you're 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 spending money on on trying to do the right thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, the 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 main aim of doing this is is to um, reduce accident rates and. Um, you know, I use the term accident because that's the way we're trained. Um, in reality, we're talking about reducing collisions with um, with other road users. Um, mm. And it's been very successful. Um, Race Tech have, have reduced their collision and vehicle damage rates quite a bit through the introduction of, of, of these, these devices. But at the end of the day... Um, they are just an addition to the legal minimum, which is entirely adequate for the job. Uh, I, I'm, I'm forever reading that, that HGVs are not fit for purpose. Um, they are, and, and you know, with a proviso that they could be an awful lot better, and, and we all support the fact that they could be an awful lot better, but as they are now, I would quite happily drive any HGV in any city and pretty much guarantee that I won't cause anybody else any harm or damage. And the same couldn't be said of many SUVs, which are which are almost approaching, you know, HGV size. You know, you get some of these monster um, sports utility vehicles, these American things, and they're like five foot in the air. The, their front grill they're like they're massive these things and of course they don't have to have these these mirrors that show you uh, where pedestrians and cyclists are no to, to be fair um quite a few of them now have um sensors which are, are designed to detect anything alongside the vehicle but you're quite correct there's no direct vision of them there's just a single mirror and the average car driver is not well trained in using those mirrors. They tend to use the rear view mirror um, for most of most purposes, and maybe the um, the offside mirror when pulling out to overtake. Is is Race Tech? So Race Tech is the the, the the company that goes out to all these horse racing courses around the country and and films broadcast footage. Is Race yeah. Tech? Um, doing above and beyond training for its drivers on this particular aspect probably more than than 
many haulage companies. I won't say all because I know of very many good examples of, of haulage companies that have um, in-house training. But yes, Racetech have a system of in-house training where they have a number of what they would call senior drivers who go out and are trained on um, assessment courses and then they would then spend time with other drivers, particularly new drivers, and um, assess them and and offer further training. Um, we're also given annual um, mm. tests on on attitude, um, which is something you don't hear of very often. Oh, what kind of things? Just describe describe what you mean. Well. <laughs> like a sort of psychological evalu- evaluation of your attitudes when driving and and how you feel about it and um, how stressed you get and um, what upsets you and those sorts of things. That would take out 90% of uh, British drivers, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. You know, if that test was introduced more widely, not just, a, you know, one company, but just... You know, if, if that kind of testing was was put on the driving test, for instance, you, you would weed out an awful lot of people. Yeah. So basically, you're talking about professional drivers have got professional attitudes to safety on the roads. Yes. The, the, the history is that about 30 years ago, Racetech had a, a fatal accident um, near Coventry. Um, one of their HGVs was was travelling along a high-speed dual carriageway and two teenagers ran across the road in front of it, one of them, um, the, the vehicle colliding with one of them, which led to a fatality. Um, and that driver never worked again. Um, there was, you know, there, there was... There was no blame attached to the driver, but you know that that's that's a legal thing, isn't it? At the end of the day, you're always going to think, well, if I was travelling slower, if you know, if I'd applied the brakes when I first saw them, um, all that sort of thing, and and that had quite an impact on. Well, it had a huge impact on that person. Obviously, it had a huge impact on the families of those of those teenagers. Um, but it also had a, an impact on the culture of race tech in that, you know, race tech never want that to happen ever again. Mm. And on social media, you do take people to task. So when, when for instance, one of these, the, the, this TFL press release uh, gets wider currency, I'm sure you'll be online uh, talking about what we're talking about here now, which is, you know, it, it, it's not blind spots. That's that, that's the problem at all. Yeah, it's failing to look. So you're you're quite happy to take people on there, and yes. and 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 generally they don't really believe you. You really have got to. You've got everybody's got to go in on a on a Clive course, and uh, and, and actually s- sit in your cab and and be shown by you that this is a myth. I I I, I rarely get challenged by other HGV drivers. The, the one proviso is, obviously, if you're in an articulated lorry and you've started your left turn, then you do have a, it's not totally blind, but you have very, very restricted vision down the near side at that point. 
But my response to that is, well, you would never, ever commence the turn unless it was completely clear. In London, though, I mean, you've, you've seen the videos. I'm sure you've, you've, you've ridden in London. There are thousands of cyclists. Surely you could never actually drive through London with an articulated lorry, given the fact that there is always going to be cyclists swarming all over you. I've regularly driven through London in an articulated lorry. Um, in general haulage days, I used to um, deliver pet food um, from Melton Mowbray around central London in, in a, a 38-ton articulated lorry. Um, never had any difficulties whatsoever. Um, in more recent times, um, I've driven around London in large articulated outside broadcast trucks to Theatre Land and the Royal Opera House and, and the various football grounds around London. Um, again, no issue. Yes, um, cyclists will will swarm around you, um, but they're you know the, the the one the one thing i suppose everybody complains about is you arrive at some traffic lights you're signaling left and cyclists will come up the near side and congregate in the asl ahead of you if the asl is blocked then they will sit on the near side completely oblivious to the fact that you're signaling left and about to turn left mm. um my attitude, of course, because I'm a cyclist, I'm, I'm aware of the fact that the the powers that be have guided all those cyclists into that position because mm. that's where their lane is. That's where they're told to go. Mm. Um, and so I just patiently wait until it's clear. I can see that some drivers who don't cycle and don't understand um, would think, well, why on earth are they going there whilst I've got my left indicator on and mm. i've seen stuff on youtube where i'm damn sure that driver has deliberately um blocked those cyclists or moved off um and you know whether they've watched to see you know hopefully you'd think they will stop before anything gets too serious but you know th that that's an attitude problem that's nothing to do with the blind spot whatsoever you know it's 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 not difficult to drive an HGV around London. Um, I do it all the time. Um, nowadays, it, it's with a 24-ton rigid rather than an Arctic. But, you know, believe me, Carlton, I have no difficulty whatsoever. If you ask me about getting dealing with cars driving around London, then, then I have a real problem. But cyclists, no. So one of the issues might be, because I'm, I'm assuming you're not on piecework here, so you're not, you know, the, having to get across London multiple times with various loads for maybe construction uh, sites where the, the drivers appear to be on piecework. So that's why they may be speeding. That's why they may be not taking those two seconds to look in mirrors, because they get paid more money if they they do multiple drops. So could that be? It's just the culture is 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 baked in. If you make drivers get more money if they do more drops, it is against the law in in the UK and I assume in EU for HGV drivers to be on piecework. Ah, I didn't know this. Okay, um, there was a famous film, um, Sean Connery, The Hell Drivers, I think. Um, this is going back into the 50s, I suspect. 
um, which was about just this, tipper drivers um, on piecework um, creating havoc, um, whether it was a result of that film, but it was certainly a, re- a result of, of that era and attitude, um, it became illegal for HGV drivers to be on piecework. Um, that said, tipper drivers certainly um, have some form of enhancement of, according to how many loads they carry. Mm. Um, the legality of that, I, I'm not sure. It's certainly against the spirit of the law. Mm. Mm. And it is the tipper drivers that do the, the majority of, um, or kill the majority of cyclists, it seems. Yeah. Now, interestingly, um, tipper lorry drivers um, are not HGV drivers. They're, I mean, obviously they are HGV drivers. They have an HGV. They have to have one to drive those vehicles. But they're an entirely different breed from the, you know, the 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 long distance driver or the delivery driver. Um, I don't know why. Maybe that's historic. Um, but they t- tend to come from that sort of construction background. Hmm. Mm. which is kind of worrying when I mean, you do see them yeah. howling through the streets of London and, and shooting red lights and all sorts and you think oh my god it's just you, 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 these are definitely I wouldn't say accidents waiting to happen these are incidents waiting to happen these are these are crashes waiting to happen yeah and they, they all work for companies that that um, have their backgrounds in things like demolition and um, and that sort of thing, quarrying. Um, they're not companies that have interest in in the use of the road and the safety thereof, if you like. We should ban HGVs in city centres and we should make sure that only cargo bikes take in loads, all that kind of stuff, which is the standard you know, eco-warrior response to this. But a, a, a different response could be, no, just make sure that they're really well-trained you can do this in in perfect safety if you train the drivers. Yeah, um, perhaps one approach might be um, to have a an urban driving course that you're not. For example, if we go to the aviation um, industry, if there's a particularly difficult airport, then Pilots have to be trained to use that airport. Um, they have to do several approaches in and out under observation until they're um, licensed to do to to fly to that airport. Um, maybe there could be some scheme where HGV drivers have to be assessed and pass some extra tests before they're allowed to drive in an urban environment. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd welcome that. Uh, Clive, thank you very much for taking time out of your uh, your day. Now, you you tweet as Hex Home. I do, yes, yeah. Right, and that's not like an official race tech account or anything. That's no, no, just you. Yeah. That's your. That's person. just me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you are working for a company that obviously has a, a a very high ethical driving standards. Yes, we we have, um, for example, all of our trucks have full recording equipment. Um, if we were to 
break the speed limit if we were to um, drive for too long, then the company will engage with us and ask us, you know, um, ask us for our reasons. And, um, you know, obviously, if they felt that it was reckless, then then we would be on the carpet. Mm. Mm. I applaud that company. Yeah, all this technology is ready available. Many, many haulage companies are using this this kind of technology now. Um, certainly most of the supermarkets are. Um, I, I know Asda in particular, um, you, you will never see an Asda lorry breaking the speed limit because um, they, will, they will be on the carpet if they do so. Right. So a fleet manager will have an iPad at home or in the office and he'll get stats on his drivers and he'll say, hang on, he couldn't have done that trip exactly in that, that particular yeah. time. If, if, if I break the speed limit, then um, my transport manager will, will get a, a text arrive on his mobile phone um, and he can take action immediately if, if he's concerned. Hmm. Hmm. So, so the tech is out there. The eyes are out there for you to look. Yep. These are all things that uh, I'm sure you can you can you can pass as many laws as you want. But until people actually use their 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 eyes, that no matter no number of laws are going to work. Yeah. As as I say, Carlton, it's it's all about attitude. There are you know there are many drivers who will be mortified at the thought that. You know, big brothers watching them, watching their speed, watching when they're taking breaks, um, and so forth. Mm. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we've tried the free market competition. You, you know, we're talking about tipper drivers um, driving hell for leather and and you know, cutting corners, taking risks. If they, you know, if they had big brother watching them, then they would all have to take care. And, and that, would, um, that would work in the free market economy as well. Thanks to Clive Matthews there of Racetech. He tweets at HexHome, and that's H-E-X-H-O-M-E. Thanks for listening to today's show, and thanks for telling your friends about the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. Show notes are on thespokesman.com, which is the spokesmen.com and you can catch up with me on Twitter by following Carlton Reid all one word R-E-I-D and of course by reading my stuff on Forbes.com 